From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 325. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley, Sailor Museum curator. How are you today? Mm. <laughs> My. So, okay. I do currently have four Pro Gears on the way. <laughs> Like, they all went through, like, They've, legitimately? Well, okay, so I have placed my order and paid with Bungbox. Gotcha. But I haven't got any shipping notification. And that's, my, all, that's one. That's one. Um, and, by the way, they've been posting some pictures of the, what's it, the Orangello or something on Instagram? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm very excited about this pen. Do you see that? It looks even a link better. in the show notes. Like, it's... It's even better than, like... The the press release images are pristine. Mm-hmm. This 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 picture, the like the live Instagram picture, actually made me want it more than yep. the like press release picture. Yep, I'm I, very, was, very I wish you wouldn't. Have, I wish you wouldn't have put that in the in the show notes. Well, that's just what's you know that's just how it is. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. about that. But yes, yeah, so I paid for that. That hasn't mm-hmm. been shipped, but I don't consider that one a problem because I've ordered them before and they're great to work with. My yes. Pensachi pens. Mm-hmm. They just passed through customs in the UK today. Oh wow! So that's crazy. I may get the customs notification by the end of this week. So maybe by next week's episode, I will have three <laughs> progress to review on the show. <laughs> I guess I can't wait to hear uh, how customs works this yep. time. That's going to yep. be exciting. I'm considering this a bonus for myself because I oversaved on my taxes. It's my it's the time mm-hmm. I pay my taxes right now because it's like uh, right like I pay you pay in the UK at least on your business you pay your taxes or at least your tax return is is raised at the mm-hmm. time your company was founded and I created really? my company here in the UK in July so that's when your company year ends and that's when your your kind of your tax calculations are done. Interesting, so, I didn't realize that. My tax calculations were done, and I'd oversaved significantly. So I'm taking those savings and spending them on on Progius. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonus to myself for being so um, for being so diligent with saving. Uh-oh. So that's I now get a reward. Business purchase. Approved. That's how I treat it. You know, like I I I way oversaved for my taxes, and mm-hmm. then I get a bonus for being a good boy. I like it. That's how it works. So uh, we got some feedback from Laura who wrote in to tell us that uh, Retro 51 actually did a fountain pen version of the uh, Chupino, which is the abalone mm-hmm. shell uh, model mm-hmm. that we were talking about last time in the 80s. And uh, Laura has one. And uh, Yeah, I got, I got sent pictures from our friend Mark Backus who has that one as well. So he's like, hey, they did this one before in, with the silver trim. How cool is that? Yeah, and I feel like now having seen this, that I have seen this pen before. I wonder, uh, was it just in the fountain pen version? Like, I've was only there a ever rollerball s- yeah, version? I, 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 don't, I can't see, and nobody's said anything about them doing more than just a fountain pen for this. Um, pull up Mark's tweet. I can't remember what he said. But I feel like I've seen no. the fountain pen version. So Mark has the rollerball one. I have an image of it. I'll put that right. in the show now, notes. If I had seen that before, I would have 100% bought that. I feel like I've mm-hmm. just seen the fountain pen. Like, if I saw that in a pen show, 100% I'm walking away with one of those, right? Like, right, right. You know, but uh, I, uh, yeah, so I think that's cool. I did order mine. I ordered mine from Pen Chalet, um, mm-hmm. and that is shipped too. 
So that's on yeah, the way you as well. Yeah, you sent me a screenshot of the receipt, I think, that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <coughs> like the day Ron we put recorded, them up or the day they launched. And I just, I jumped on it. Because this is a really, really good one to add to uh, to my collection. I think this is one of the nicest looking uh, Retro 51s that they've done in a very long time. So I'm very excited about it. That is a very appropriate collection pin. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Like, I don't think like, it's going to be one that I would use like on the regular, but I mm-hmm. would 100% want to have this in my drawer when I open it up and get to see them all, you know? Yeah, and you can't buy them all, right? Nope. I mean, there's no way. So buying the ones that are special or important, uh, especially for someone like you who has such a large collection of them, uh, I think is a great idea. Good job. Yeah. I would have picked that one too. That's really nice. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I bet it looks even better in person too. So, Oh, gosh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I uh I have the rollerball, the tornado image that I will send to you for the show notes when we're done. All right, sweet. Um, you've put in a link in our show notes. It just says Mike needs one of these too, mm-hmm. and it is another sailor pen. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really work this one out. It looks like a cross between like a purple cosmos and like this almost orangey clip. It's super ugly. <laughs> Good. I'm pleased you say that because like I really don't like this pen. I was worried r- that I was going to upset you. Uh, no, God, no. Uh, I don't know what's going on here, but n- n- no. <laughs> this one, this is a no for me, dog. <laughs> like, it's it's fine. Like, it looks good. It doesn't look great like all these other limited editions that we're spoiled with there know, is the past couple of years now. Uncanny Valley for Sailor. Mm-hmm. That they can that, that I see a lot of these slip into. So like, mm-hmm. I see a lot of times at pen shows, people will bring their weird and wonderful pro gears that were like limited editions for some time, because you know like some store in Japan had one for an opening or whatever, right? And what right. they look like is what this one looks like, where it's somebody went into the storeroom at Sailor and took a <laughs> handful of caps and a handful of bodies and just put them together, right? Right, where like. It, it, and then you look at like the orangello where it's like it's similar in essence right it is a different body and a different cap mm-hmm. in material and color but they work right so th- there is like this real fine line that, that you have to kind of to navigate when they make these special editions because sometimes for reasons that I can't work out they just it just doesn't look right together and this is 100% one of those it yeah, just this doesn't is like look the, right the color schemer edition yep. that account I follow where it's just randomized. Yep. And like, it's like someone pushed a button or like you said, they walked into the warehouse and grabbed two parts and jammed them together and said special edition. And well, it's like the, uh, the vegetable ones. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The carrot and the, yeah, I they didn't look ones. right. Like there was just something really wrong about them. Yeah. But it looked like they at least tried. Like oh, I felt they were okay. They there, were, there was but, like one or two of them that were, were okay. But by mm-hmm. and large, they they did not look good together. Yeah. What well, do you remember but, the name of that line? I can't. I, I don't know. Okay, I'll find it. I mean, yeah. There's only it was only like last. It was last year. Um, I just remember the carrot one. I can't remember all the other ones. They, but, they were uh, funny. They were really nice, and I I, I like those. Like I didn't buy any of them, and plus those had the special nibs too, right? They had the they had the vegetable on yeah. the nib. Which there was, was there, really, there really were neat. elements to those that made them work, but by and large, they were. They were pretty weird. They were weird. They were really yeah. weird. Yeah. So this just looks like kind of a mistake. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but yeah, uh, pass on this one. 
Mike, though, I was feeling left out with all of your purchases last week. So um, I did do something on my own hmm. uh, without without consulting you. It's not quite at the price point uh, that you were at, but it might be in a more egregious uh, percentage upgrade <laughs> for what the pen is. I bought a I bought a, a limited edition Twisby Eco. Okay, and uh, there's an orange one that huh. is a Japan only Twisby Eco. So friend of the show, Calligraphy Nut, sent me that link, and he said, "Hey, I'm buying one. You want in?" And I said, "Well, yeah. If someone's gonna go through the effort of making the purchases from Japan, and I can tack on to that, I'm in. You know, because that's not always a straightforward process. And I know he does it uh, uh, lots. Uh, so he's very experienced in this. So he sent me this link. I was like, I'm in. You know, I love the Eco." This orange one is fantastic looking, and um, I think it's going to cost me like 50 bucks for this Eco, which, like I said, percentage-wise, is pretty egregious compared to what you're spending. Your sailors are like 10 or 20% more than like a standard sailor for a limited edition. This was like 50% more for a standard edition, but uh, I don't care. I love it. I think it's fantastic looking. What do you think? I think the color is brilliant. Like, it really works on super this Super vibrant. Um, mm-hmm. I, it almost feels like a shame that it is lim- it's limited. Kinda, it's a basic color, right? Like yeah. they did the like some of the translucents and pastels, pinks and blues for China Limited Edition. That seems correct, right? This is it's obviously not a primary color, but it's a major color, right? It's like doing purple, you know, or you know, green, like standard green as your limited edition. It seems like it should be used for more a more a larger audience or a more widespread audience. But hey, I'll I'll take it any way I can get it. All right. I looked at this link today. <laughs> the next link we're going to be discussing. Yeah, yeah, the new Y Studio pen. Can you just give people a refresher on the Y Studio <laughs> pens? Like just just in case just so they can just remember them. Well, I it's a pen that I'm fascinated with. They yep. came out about 2 years ago with the Y Studio brassing fountain pen. I think actually the ballpoint, the retractable ballpoint might have come out first and I looked at it and it looked fine. Then they came out with the Y Studio portable fountain pen. And our friend Patrick Ng was teasing these and these pictures of it. I was like, this is one of the most stunning pen designs I've ever seen. I need this. And at the time, not a lot of vendors were carrying Y Studio. So I worked with a company in Amsterdam called Cozy. Um, They're really nice to work with. And I bought one from them. When they launched them, I was able to get like a a preview of it and uh, got in a pre-order, I should say, not a preview. And I got my pen. Love it. Still one of my favorite pens. So I'm on the Cozy email list, and the portable ballpoint pen Dragon Cloud shows up in my inbox yesterday, Mike. And like, I ha- I had to get like a towel to wipe the drool off the corner of my mouth. I yeah, was like, this thing oh is my God. absolutely stunning. It is yeah gorgeous. I am in love with it. Like, I have never seen a pen. That looks like this. It is so wild. So I'm re- reading the description. It's a. It's basically an artistic process to lay this foil over the pen. So that's how this effect is created on the pen. We'll have it in the show notes. And on top of that, it doesn't have the knock. It has the loop, like the fountain pen, which I prefer. So just aesthetically, it's everything. It's. I mean, this pen is everything to me. But the price is, I'm going to have a hard time (laughs) spending 270 euros on a ballpoint pen. 
like I I don't blink at more expensive fountain yeah. pens. It's over three hundred dollars. Like I spend almost two hundred dollars on my pen type Bs, right? And that's a lot of money. Like I understand why people don't like that. That's a lot of money. This is but though, but like for an aesthetic, mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. Maybe like this pen is like art, right? This is a I mean, tricky one. I mean, my my hang up one. is, I probably wouldn't use it because mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to want to use the refills that fit in it. That's my right. hang up. Right? They at least ship it with an Oto gel refill, which yeah, it but doesn't like, matter. But that rate of price on the pen, yes, I know what you're saying. You're not going to be able to get your best writing experience for that which type is, of money. And so that's why I won't buy it because I won't mm-hmm. want to use it. But like if this was either on a fountain pen or I could put a Schmidt refill in it, mm-hmm. I would which you probably it can. I'm pretty sure this Oto refill that they're using is a Parker shaped refill. Yeah, it says it on the thing, Parker type. So yeah, your Schmidt's and things you know, to buy it. I, I would want. I want to know it fits right before mm-hmm. yeah. I would buy it. But this is this. It's stunning. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like that. That I'm effect, actually surprised you said that. Oh, I love it. I mean, I I have, and I told you this, like, I have played around with buying one of their pens because I, I also really, really like that look, like the Y Studio look. I really like the um the desk set, the mm-hmm. desk fountain pen. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like the materials that they play with. And one of the reasons that I've never bought it is because it's like mostly untreated brass, right? And mm-hmm. copper, which mm-hmm. I don't really like. But potentially, I don't know, with the way that this one's made, it might be different. But like, I just don't, I don't like the brass smell on my hands, but it has that sure. foil on it, which could change it. I don't know. But yeah, this one, uh, this is a knockout. I I don't know what to do. So I'll probably not buy it is, is what I'm leaning to. I think the price is a little much for, for me to fathom. Um, what is the maximum I, you would pay? It's it's irrelevant, right? Because I buy 600 and something dollar Nakayas. You know, so it's not like a price. It's just like a, I don't know, it's this weird math problem in my head, right? I, I don't know how to explain why I don't have a problem spending 600 and something dollars on a Nakaya fountain pen and I'm having trouble like buying a $300 ballpoint. It's just different. I, I you know, there's every item is taking on an individual basis. There's, I don't have like a, a just a standard hard, fast rule. You know, every product's an individual. Just like I reviewed this Midori pencil on Monday, it's outrageously priced for what it is, and it's a dollar eighty-five, right? But I just said I spent double what a normal Twisby Eco goes for to get an orange one, right? So yeah. how do you justify these things? Well, to me, it's end of it's an individual item based on the individual usage for me as a person. It's got to like feel no right. Else. Right. Like it's got to just feel like you got to right. be like, yeah, okay, this is worth it. And yep. unfortunately, I guess, especially for people who make an audio based medium, sometimes it's difficult to explain, mm-hmm. but it's just about the feel, right? Like, mm-hmm. does it feel right to you? And if it doesn't, then don't spend $300. Right. On it. But it's it's super personal and individual, right? Like I don't begrudge anyone for spending anything on any product, right? Because it's what it means to them, not me, right? Yep. I'll make my own decision on this, and someone might 
think it's like the stupidest purchase ever, but I'm could be ecstatic with it, right? So I don't ever judge anyone for what they spend, whether it's one dollar or one thousand dollars on uh on any product whatsoever. Like it's just, you know, there's a lots lot more that goes into any decision than just the pure price. Speaking right. of price. Yes, let's talk about our friends over at Penn chalet they sell authentic amazing rollerballs fountain pens ballpoints mechanical pencils and so much more pen chalet have all of your favorite brands and they believe in the best customer service available so you will get great discounts and you'll get it all taken care of perfectly because pen chalet they want to make sure that everything arrives of you safe and sound and that is why they offer a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee with great shipping rates as well if you sell if you're international from you know you're outside of the u.s they have really great deals on their shipping but if you're in the u.s for anything over 50 dollars, and come on of course you're going to spend over 50 dollars at pen chalet you'll get free shipping which is awesome as well as um rollables and fountain pens and all that wonderful stuff pen chalet also have a bunch of accessories you know if you need a carrying case or maybe a pen holder or a refill maybe you need some ink some converters no matter what you need pen chalet has got it so go to penchalet.com p-e-n-c-h-a-l-e-t Dot com and click the podcast link at the top of the website. You want to enter the password PENADDICT right there and you will get your hands on this week's special offers and also the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Pen Chalet. Right now, special offer includes a selection of Colorverse inks at wonderful prices and Ron told me to say that there is also an array of other products as well but there, there's a lot of great stuff this week but the key thing is those is those Colorverse inks. I don't think it is. This is one of the... <laughs> oh, this is one of the most outrageous deals I've ever seen him post Okay, on here. You'll see it as soon as you get in there on the site. I don't get it in any way, shape, or form. And then on top of that, one of my favorite pins is also in there <laughs> at a crazy good price. I, wow. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, the price point we were just talking about for the ballpoint pen, this mm-hmm. uh, one of these pins in here usually goes for about twice that much that's selling for less than that ballpoint yeah. pen I yeah, was talking is a, about. I know what Dewey are <laughs> talking about. It is very good. But there are some incredible deals as well as great deals on Colorverse inks. Let me look at the Colorverse. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a stunning price. Yeah, there you that's go. great. See, it's all in there. It's all amazing I just had to get stuff there. at Pen Chalet. I got taken out back and beaten by the... Uh, <laughs> by one of the uh, early offers in the page mm-hmm. before I couldn't even get down to the bottom ones. Great job, Ron. Good grief. So Thank you, you so much. If you want to see what we're talking about, penchalet.com, enter the password penaddict and you can get your hands on this week's offers. Our thanks to Penchalet for their support of Relay FM and the Pen Addict. You ready for this? Yes. All right. I like it. Pilot 100th anniversary. We've been talking about release. it. We've been wondering about it. And of course, now's the time that we're going to get exactly what we're waiting for, right? That's what we're going to get it? We're going to get what we've been waiting for? <laughs> we're going to get everything we've been waiting for, Mike, except for none of it. Okay. So, so what's the deal? So, Pilot put out a press re- press release uh, two days ago, Monday, I guess, and said, hey, here's our 100th anniversary celebration pins. And what this set is built around are you know japanese themed obviously it's you know pilot as a company so they have the seven gods as their main focus um their premium model where we'll talk about the pricing and all that stuff in a minute and then they have mount fuji and some other pins um as more of their you know 
we'll go with entry level um <laughs> 100th anniversary pins but when i so this link as soon as it landed you know we're getting flooded with messages and you know go take a look and go take a look and i'm stunned at the artwork like it's stunning what they've done the pins are beautiful but then you get into the details and that's where we're going to break it down a little bit. So let me let me paint the big picture on what this press release said. So you have your seven lucky gods set. This is the lacquered Arushi seven gods, one god per pin. So seven pins as a set in this big, beautiful lacquered box. They each come with their own bottle of ink, you know, separate colors for each of those. And there's only 25 sets of these. It's probably unfair to ask you this at this point. But could you have even guessed what the price was if you didn't see this already? Would you have any idea? Like, could you look at this and go, I think this 25 set of seven pins is probably X amount of dollars. Did you have that math in your head or no? Right. So there's just like break it down. There are 25 sets that include seven pens in them, right? Yes. So there's only 25 in the world. 25 in the world. I mean, I don't remember the amount of this one because I was only looking at the originals. I mean, if I'm being real, I would say it was a six-figure number. Oh, okay. See, I was right? thinking less. Yeah. Well, you got twenty-five of them on right, in the right. whole world, and there's yeah. only se- and there's seven pens in every package. <laughs> Especially if you look at them, right? Mm-hmm. You look at them, you're like, oh, okay, right. This. So, yeah. how much is it? So it's forty. This is uh, approximate translations of yen uh, currency as of today. It's approximately forty five thousand U.S. dollars okay. for a single set. Of Which pens. again, so that is an insane amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how much I guess. Like forty five thousand dollars is a crazy amount of money. I just went super high because it's like, well, this is very clearly like a museum piece. Is what they've right. made here, right? Right. So, you know. Yes, that is wild, but I think it gets worse, though. Okay, so the second... I'm going in order of pricing yeah. here. So the second one is called the Fuji, and it's an emperor-sized fountain pen. If you're familiar with Pilot's uh, product lines, the Emperor is their largest single-barrel pen. It's like a number 20 nib. It's a monstrous pen. Um, this pen is limited to 100 units, and it's $9,000. Um it's stunning. I mean, it's the artwork is stunning. It's beautiful. I I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's expensive, but Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. I mean, I don't it like it's jaw droppingly beautiful. I think it's the single best pen out of the whole thing, but it's gigantic. So it's, uh, Oh, so yeah, I'm getting corrected. It's a number 50 size nib. (laughs) So it's a monster. It's a monster pen, monster pen. So that's, uh, the second pen grouping, if you will, the Fuji. And then the final one is called Fuji and Mehimaru, uh, which is a ship. Uh, I didn't read the entire entire story. Um, this is a stunning looking pen. Again, like all of these are beautiful. It's limited to 800 units and it's $1,350. So, and it's the most approachable in price, most approachable in size. I think it's the most reasonably priced, not just because of the dollar amount, but it seems to be like the most approachable pen, right? As it's at the bottom of this list, but it's still $1,350 and there's only 800, 800 of them. So this is all they released in this giant press release that they did. So what are your thoughts overall, big picture on it? When I saw this, my initial 
reaction was like, of course, right? Like, of course, mm-hmm. this is what you would do, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a, this is not Bic we're talking about here, right? Right. Like, this is a company like Pilot with an incredible heritage that makes pens like this, right? They make pens right. like this. Every now and then they will make something which is an art piece. Like, they do that. And if a company has a history of ever doing something like that, and they're celebrating their 100th anniversary, like, of course they're going to go and do some absolutely bonkers stuff that is probably, like, a bunch of these are never actually going to get sold. Like, they're going to be given to, like, the board, right? Like, this is just something that they are making, and they've put a press release out to kind of put a line in the sand to be like, we made this thing we are celebrating our uh, our like contribution like this is us as a company like these are not intended to really be bought by anyone right but they're just making them now i am 100% fine with this so long as they do some other stuff that is meant for fans of the brand mm-hmm. because otherwise this is pompous and ridiculous to, uh, if like, mm-hmm. this is all they do Right, that that is like to mark the 100th anniversary is like you have to be a millionaire, right, mm-hmm. to want to contribute to this because no one's gonna buy these unless you are in a very very serious financial situation because it's not like because why else would you do it now like this amount of money we buy pens that get close to this but it's a completely different type of transaction because like. There's not only 800 of them in the world. People aren't buying these right. pens to use them. And I think right. if you did, you'd kind of be ridiculous, right? Like if you bought this pen and used it, like put your money somewhere else and, and use something different. Like I don't, these aren't made to be used every day. This is not what they're for, mm-hmm. right? That they are pieces of art, right? Like it's, it just feels different to me. Like that you, you, no one's intending that these things are going to be used, Right. We're pretty much on the same page, I think, across the board. Okay. I love what they did, and I want to know where the rest of it is. <laughs> you know? I This is stunning. This is exactly what Pilot should do for their 100th anniversary. These pens, I would be shocked if 20% of them were on, available on the open market. It might be 0% of them, like you say. I think these are going to the biggest um, players in Pilot's company, their largest customers over the decades and decades and hundreds of years that they've been around. I think it's awesome. There has to be something for the fan as well, for the regular guy. And if it's not, I am kind of with you. This is like the height of arrogance if this is all they do because there's nothing for us. Mm -hmm. And am I selfish for saying that? Yeah, I'm a pilot fan. It's their 100th anniversary. I would like to celebrate too. And I'm never going to see one of these pens in person. More more likely than not, I will never lay my eyes, much less my hands, on one of these pens. They're not made to be used, like you said. Um, and this doesn't take away from what they've done mm-hmm. for this, I don't think. It's just... There has to be more. I'm just... I'm waiting to see if it's going to be more. It There has to be more, right? Well, one of the greatest things that a company can accomplish 
is getting to a point where people want to buy products just to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. If you have that, which Pilot does, to not make something that will allow people to do that is bonkers, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that would be a very, very bad idea. You would squander something that you have. Right. Like, right. I want to buy a, a nice Pilot fountain pen for $150 or $200, which is limited edition to celebrate the 100th because I love this brand. That's right. that's what I want to do. And they must know this. Like, if they don't make anything, that's really peculiar. It is. It, it's, it's been an odd year, right? <laughs> We've been waiting for this all year, and they dropped this on us, which is... I mean, I, I just want to be crystal clear. What they've done is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, these are amazing art pieces. I don't know that it's the best corporate representation of their 100th anniversary. At the same time, do they owe us that? I don't know. I kind of think they do. Because they don't have 925 customers, right? That's how many pins they're releasing here. Or sets of pins, so... 800 of one pin, 100 of one pin, 25 sets of seven pins, 925 units. They have millions of customers, hundreds of thousands of fans and thousands of hardcore fans. And 100% of us are left out of wanting to celebrate with Pilot for, let's and let's be clear, this isn't the 85th anniversary. I mean, the, the 100th anniversary is a big deal. So I don't know. It's like, I don't begrudge them for this release. I just hope there's more. And they made a note that they're celebrating it actually on October 1st for their anniversary. Maybe we get some more things by then. I mean, if it's the precise V5, you know, in some limited edition pen, that'd be great. Or the G2. Maybe it's time they revamp the G2, you know, or some of the, you know, mid-range fountain pens or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It could... I just feel like they're leaving a lot on the table to flex on us like this, right? I mean, they just dropped this. They just duked right on our heads with these. And just, you know, I. and it's like, okay, what about the customers that pay the bills? You know, mm-hmm. what about the customer that's using, you know, the G2 for all of their schoolwork and, and loves and won't buy Uniball because they're so committed to pilot, you know? Those types of things. So it's interesting. Um, I put a link in the show notes to the, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Wu-Tang album, where they just recre- recreated a single album that no one got to hear until that tool, tool bag bought it. Uh, mm-hmm. But Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, it was a huge deal. And I got to thinking about this. Is this the same type of thing? It's probably not, because that's more of an art piece, right? But as a fan, if you were a Wu-Tang fan, wouldn't you want to hear that album, right? And were you mad at them at the time? So, you know, I don't know that I have a right to be mad at Pilot for this because they're kind of doing this same, like, really high-end premium thing. But just like Wu-Tang, they have millions of fans all over the all over the globe. Um, it's probably not, you know, an apples-to-apples comparison, but I felt like, I don't know, if I was a hardcore Wu-Tang fan and I didn't get to hear this crazy album that they released, I'd be kind of ticked, right? What about the, what about the, what about mm-hmm. the Everyman you know, I feel like right now the everyman's being left out of this, and I feel that's a miss on Pilot. I don't begrudge them for releasing this at all. Like, they 100% should do exactly what they did. There has to be more, right? If you Did that Wu-Tang album ever get out? I don't think so. Okay. 
Uh, Shrekley said he was going to rip it and post it somewhere. I don't know if it was torrented or whatever. I'm well, sure. I think it got it ended know. up getting seized, didn't it? And he's right by the in these assets. Right. Yeah, I, it did. So I don't know where the status of it is now. And I th- he played it one time on YouTube, I think, like in the background while he did a something like that. So. Okay. Um. But yeah. So is it fair for us to complain? I think that's the question I got the most. Uh, not that, not directly that it worded that way, but what are your expectations for companies who release anniversary products? So like we bagged on Lamy for the Lamy 2000 black Amber. That was the 50th anniversary of that pen. Um, you know, pilots release these, you know, upper echelon pens for their hundredth anniversaries. What do you expect from a company that's celebrating something huge in their history. Like, is it fair to complain that you didn't get what you wanted out of them? Is it, did we set unfair expectations ahead of time that we're only setting ourselves up for failure? It's a little entitled, right? Sure. Be like, <laughs> you, you didn't give me what I wanted, but right. I figure any, you know, if, if a company wants to celebrate something, do they want to just celebrate it on their own? Yeah. Right? Because if they're not interested in providing things for people to buy, that is something that more people can buy, then they may as well just have a little party in their office and hand out these pens to each other <laughs> and leave it at that, right? Yeah. I feel like if you're going to go to the the great lengths that Pilot have gone to publicize their 100th anniversary, if you you know you should recognize the people that have allowed you to stay in business for the last 100 years yeah this is not a small company with a niche customer base localized to you know small areas of japan this is a global corporation that probably every single person has a product of in their household at one time or the other mm-hmm. right whether they understand what pilot is or not that's besides the point this is just I'm the point I'm making is this is a large company and has lots of fans across, you know, all types of products that they use. So I don't know. Is it, am I putting unfair expectations on them saying, Hey, where's my pen? Yeah. I mean, I can admit that, but I am also the hardest part I have looking at it is from a business perspective and trying to understand a large event like this to not praise the customers more than they were doing. You know, they're pray. This is like a huge pat on the back for them. Like there's like a self-flagellation thing, right? They're just, that's what it looks like to me as opposed to celebrating the customer that put them in this place to begin with. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I I mean I agree with you, like. But I also at the same time I feel bad for complaining about this, and I'm not really complaining about this. I totally am on board with what they've done. I just hope, like heck, this is not it. I there's got to be more. I'm I'm holding my hat on more. If it doesn't come October first, though, I think we're done. Like I don't think we're getting it before not after for sure. Right. So we'll see. It's, this has been this has been a quite an interesting topic. I just like, I mean, you know, and Japan certainly has 
traditions that we may not be considering. Like I don't, I won't profess to know, you know, the, the business and corporate uh, structure that they have set up and how these types of things work. So I, we could be missing flat out, be missing something, but I'm just looking at it from a consumer perspective from the outside world saying, man, I love this company and they're hitting a hundred years. How can I, how can I celebrate that too? And I'm not getting to. I That's understand it. that. All right, should we take a break? Yes. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. With Squarespace, you can grab a unique domain name, you can customize and take advantage of beautiful award-winning templates, and have everything backed up with award-winning 24-7 customer support. Squarespace has all of the tools that you're going to need to put your project online, no matter what type of project it is. If you want to sell stuff, you can do that. If you want to write stuff, you can do that. If you want to post your music, you can do that too. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you take care of anything. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade. They have got you covered. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial today just by going to squarespace.com slash penaddict. It's a full trial. You can go in, play with it, build your entire website. You can even have people take a look at it for you as well. And then when you're ready to set it out live to the world, you just sign up for a plan and you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain when you use the offer code penaddict at checkout. So once again, that's squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website lots of um companies we've shouted out companies please Come people on. and mm-hmm. friends we have shouted mm-hmm. out are big big fans of the squarespace too mike so uh, Good. i love seeing all the all the pin blogs and i did have some more shout outs this week that i you know i asked for submissions last week and jake's take on youtube reached out he said hey you know this is i feel kind of weird doing this but you said i could do it and i'm like yeah man come on jake give me your take so jake's takes on youtube um he reviews fountain pens other stationery so we'll have the link to jake's take and you can go follow him on youtube please do and then our friend chad doan mike i saw this uh tweet the other day the doan paper idea journal the big one landed in a tv show and he has a screenshot from the episode. It's a 10-part documentary, America to Me. It's on the Stars Network. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of this show. But I see the teacher in the classroom uh, with the with the large idea journal. And I'm thinking, how rad is that? I mean, that's just cool to see, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like a nice thing, right? It's like, oh, mm. look, I'm on TV. It's like, it's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. You think we'll see one of the seven lucky gods on that show anytime soon? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with no probably, on that one. Probably not. Never rule anything out. (laughs) And then our good friends, which I got to shout out, Mike, Mm -hmm. Marco, and Tiffany Arment, top four school supplies. Yes. So this is the most recent episode of the Top Four Podcast, which I'll tell you right now is my kid's favorite podcast, Mike. Hey, that's cool. They want to hear all the episodes when they come out. They love it. It's their favorite show. And uh, I figured... We don't have to do our top four supplies, or we can, or we can do like a draft, which we've done before. But I don't know. Maybe we'll just say what what we're. So here's the thing: me and you went to high school, like in elementary school and middle school. The school supply premium years at much different times <laughs> in the world's history. <laughs> so there are many different products. Um, so it may not like a school supply draft probably wouldn't work for us. So let's just talk about maybe some of our favorite supplies. 
what, what so the, I, I knew so, what one of yours was going to be. Yeah, so some of mine were actually covered on the episode, um, mm-hmm. but I've I've done some thinking today uh, about some of the stuff that I like. So here is here's my top four. All right, Yikes pencils. Spoken about yeah. those a bunch. There, these crazy pencils with these wild colors and mental erasers. They were really really <laughs> awesome. Then. Uh, I don't know if I, I really struggled to find out information about these today, but it's what I am calling pencil cases with secret compartments. And I think that they are referred to as Flomo pencil cases. And I've kind of, I've got like an Etsy link here. I'll find some other links. I, I found some better links earlier today and I seem to have posted mm-hmm. a weird one in the, uh, in the chat. But, <laughs> so these were these pencil cases that had buttons on them. And okay. you could press the buttons and they would open up these little secret compartments and drawers. Okay, so I have never seen this before. And I'm flipping through one of the pictures and on the back side of the case, there are buttons that say one, two, three, four. Are those yes. the buttons you're talking about? So you hit one and a certain part of the case opens? Yeah, so like a little drawer might pop out of the side or... I have like, never seen this before. These feel like they were very much a thing of the 90s mm-hmm. and then they stopped. And like there's stuff you can buy that's like this now, but not These so are much. rad. They were so awesome because you had all these little hidden compartments you could put. <laughs> they had to break constantly too, right? That's probably they, a pretty yeah, good they market were, for kids. They were <laughs> very. Uh, them. They, they were they were very temperamental. Mm-hmm. Um, B-roll, barrel, handwriting pens. These were mm-hmm. like the thing in school for me. This is like when you went up from writing with pencil to writing with pen. These were the pens that we had in primary school. Everybody in the UK knows what these things are. They're made by Papermate, and they're these red pens, and they have, like, these plastic, kind of plasticky-feeling nibs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, like, a washable ink. Really great. Like, they're just fun to use, and they're, very, they're like, very much a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last item is Fun Facts by Filofax. I have a post here from uh, All Things Stationery, right? Because That's having awesome. also been uh, in, I think, <laughs> I think me and Tessa are around the same kind of age. Mm-hmm. And being in the UK, if you were a stationery nerd, you 100% had fun faxes. <laughs> and what I love is that Tessa also puts a picture of the spy file fun fax, which was my favorite <laughs> fun fax. They were like, so the Filofax system, right, is an organizer date system. But the Funfax was a kid's version where they had like all of these little inserts that you could buy that were about wildly different things. So like, for example, in the mm-hmm. in the, the link on all things stationary, there is an insert for face painting and a beginner's <laughs> guide to fishing. They had everything. <laughs> and you would just take them out and they were little things. They had like little books you could read and exercises you could take. And then the spy file had a bunch of like things to be a spy, right? Like how to be a spy and mm-hmm. they were awesome um and i because i was such a nerd i took my fi- my fun faxes to school with me uh because i was a big big nerd <laughs> your products are way more fun than mine ever were like i remember i didn't put this on my list but like the most fun product i ever had was when every year i go back to school the national football league pencils came out so you got a pack of the team pencils mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, one of each team in the league and, you know, 
it, you always picked out your favorites and you know chucked the rest or did whatever. Like that was fun for me back in the day. But the products I remember using the most, and the first one on my list is just I can't imagine what their market is now for this. But liquid paper, liquid paper was such a big thing when I was in school because you could do so many things with it that were not school related, right? This is how like you marked on things, you made artwork with it, you'd put different layers down and color them. Um, you'd sniff them. <laughs> you know, liquid paper was like gold. It was a gold mine back when I was in school. <laughs> and let's just let's just set the record here and I, I I hate to say this, but I graduated high school in 1989. So, this was a long time ago. And I remember like when the liquid paper pens came out, that was like when I was in college. And those were like, oh, awesome. But like no one, my kids wouldn't know what liquid paper is now, right? Because they don't have to like overwrite anything. They don't have to turn in a handwritten paper that has to be spelled correctly, right? They're, you know, can just backspace on the keyboard and, you know, fix that. So uh, liquid paper was like a mandatory school supply when I was in school to correct all your writing. And uh, it's called Tipex. Yeah. Tipex. Yeah, it's not something you see now at, at all. I mean, the brand's still around, but, and I'm sure they're into the the tapes now. And if you ever even need that, but it's just not a market for uh, <laughs> liquid paper anymore. No one needs to correct anything. Tiff definitely had one of mine, but mine was a different level. Uh, hers was a different level of awesomeness, I should say. Mine was basic. The Trapper Keeper came out when I was in, uh, in school. And I remember the very first versions, it was just, uh, red green and blue and then they just had like a white racing stripe like around the cover those were the ones that i had i think i had a green one first something like that i don't know that's sticking in my head but what was fascinating about those it was an all plastic build so it wasn't like the greatest build so like the three ring binder part of it was these plastic things that you had this little slider mechanism to use but it would have like a built-in pencil case and you could put all your folders and papers in there and it'd fold over the top with like a velcro it's like a little like you're a little professional man walking around with your little folio you know thing walking around to to your different classes and you know you're super cool that way yeah i i think that the fun facts is very similar in th- what it was made for as the Trapper Keeper. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because it, it was about this thing that's like, makes you feel like an adult. Right. Right. And they seem to both have that, uh, that and kind of that's what of kids want the them. most. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what are my parents using? I want to look, I want to do those things too. And, you know, the Trapper Keeper are, continued on and to be to come really really huge like later like um tiff was talking about you know all her lisa frank designs those are like the most um the most famous ones um at the time like late 90s ish so but uh i remember when they first came out that was such a big deal to have one because they weren't cheap either like this stuff's expensive like at the time when you know you're having to buy all these school supplies it's like wow that's probably like 10 bucks or something like that which was outrageous the pen i use the most is actually still made today, um, a little different style, but it's called the Pilot Better Ballpoint. It's a terrible name because it's not that good of a pen. Like, <laughs> I don't really uh, think it's better than most ballpoints, especially today. But back in the 80s, this was the finest tip ballpoint I could use. And everything I ever wrote or used as far as a writing instrument all focused on how small I could write. So the Pilot Better Ballpoint was the one I used. The link I actually I reviewed the retractable model on the Pen Addict uh, back in 2011, 
but the model I used back in school was a capped version and had this kind of shaped cap look like a little, you know, half pipe looking thing. It was very, very tricky. But they had clear barrels and they had a couple of different colors besides blue and black. I remember green, red, and purple. And you could write really fine and really small with them. And most importantly, back then, as they were still a good spitball barrel for, you know, class shenanigans. I don't know if kids are still into spitballs these days because they're not using as many pins as we used to. But, you know, that one always competed very well in spitball wars. It, it worked It worked out just fine. The last one, and was the one product I had to have every year, and I was very specific about it, was the Mead 5-subject notebook. So I wanted... I didn't want five notebooks for five classes. I wanted one notebook for five classes. So this one was divided with folder separators in between, um, like the five, separating into five sections. And it had to be college ruled. Like the my small writing didn't look good on traditional ruled paper. So I had to have like the college ruling and it had to have the plastic cover of the mead, you know, like the five-star mead with the plastic covers because they were cooler and more durable. And then they had to have the folder pockets in between each section. And then all my classes would go in there. And invariably, the least, the class I hated the most would have like two pages of that section filled while the classes that I liked, I would have like the whole section filled and have extra paper. So there'd be some blank, some more blank sections than other by the end of the semester with those notebooks. So those are kind of the the things I remember the most about my my school days. Mostly high school high school days. I don't remember too much about when I was even even younger what those things were. So that was fun. It was fun to go back and listen to that. Yeah. I enjoyed that episode a bunch. Like I totally missed the calculator like fascination. Like I had we had yeah, calculators yeah. like just at the fi- just at the time and then you came kind of after that, right? Where you Yeah, didn't we need didn't that do anymore. the graphing calculator thing. Yeah. So they were in uh, Marco and Tiff were like in the the peak calculator era, you know, right when computers were getting popular, but not everyone had access to one. All right. Should we do some hashtag us TPA to round out today's episode? Yeah. Yeah. And this first one is pertinent to the topic we talked about before. Alex Kramer blogs. Can't recall if we have ever done a draft episode and we have Alex and we need to do more of them. We said we would do more of them at the time. Says, how about a draft for inks or pens or field notes editions or failed stationary Kickstarters? I love all of those. We did an office supply draft um, in episode 291, which was fantastically fun. I loved mm-hmm. it. I love doing drafts. You do drafts with Jason Snell on Upgrade all the time. We talked about um, the impetus for the draft podcast. Both uh, Jason and I were on Friends in Your Ears. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about one of our favorite podcasts, which is called The Pausecast, which is where we got our office office supply draft from. Yes. And uh, they continually do drafts. So that's a fun thing we should do more of. I especially love the failed stationary Kickstarters one because we will fight over who gets to pick what. Um, we'll be disappointed when someone steals you know, certain, certain Kickstarters. So we'll have to do that one of these days. I really love that one. All right, 24 hours, 100 miles, has two questions. Is there a gel refill that is similar to Jay Herbal Stormy Gray? This is such a good question. I don't think there's a gray gel ink refill. Um, other than, like, like Zebra makes one in the Zebra Sarasa clip. I'm not sure if the Sino DX has a gray. So there's a few grays floating around. The best one I've ever used are the Zebra Sarasa clip ones. I think might even be called graphite 
I don't know if it's as dark as you need for Stormy Gray. And I don't know what other gray ones there are, but if you go to somewhere like JetPens, you can sort by color, and you can find a few more gray gel ink options. The kicker is, I don't know if you're looking for a refill to fit a certain pen, then you might be in a little bit of trouble. But like the Zebra fits um, some of the Pilot G2 barrels and things like that. So poke around there. The best one I've used is the Zebra, and I think I've reviewed it on the blog. We'll have to put a link in the show notes for that. And I, I think it was called Graphite, but I'm not sure. The second part is, have you ever tried or thoughts on pocket organizers like the Levenger Pocket Briefcase? Now, this is the index card holder, I believe, right? I meant to check this before, but it's a little four-corner index holder. Yeah. And absolutely, um, I have checked that because I make index cards at a company called Knock, and we make a product that's currently out of stock called the Fodder Stack. That is our take on a Levenger Pocket Briefcase. Like, I'd never call that that call it that i think that's actually a terrible name for what the product actually is although i don't know what you'd call it i prefer fodder stack but um just a small thin index card holder that holds like a single pin or like in leverager's case not even a pin on some of them but it's a really good product it's a product i've used years before i was making my own index cards and cases to put them in i think it's a great product and i still see them people still use them a lot because I will see them at pin shows that our customers at Knock, who are index card customers, buy them to fit into their Levenger um, pocket briefcases. So it's still a very good product. All right, Mike, you take this one. This this is you all over it. All right, so Trudeau asks, what are some things to keep in mind when going for a reward pen, like a new job? Congratulations, Trudeau. Uh, I'm going to give myself a pretty wide budget, but only for the right pen. I I think my thing on this one is to try and buy something that stands out in a way that is different to the type of pens you typically buy. So then you can look back on that pen and it is immediately obvious to you that it was a special, it was for a special occasion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the thing that I prioritize on top of that is, and I think you're saying this, it kind of goes without saying, but you got to use it, right? This is a pen oh, to be used. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you use and, it in the, for the, you know, like if you got, especially if you've got a new job, you use it in the new job, right? Right. So I always go fall back to my Nakaya purchase, my first one. And I knew that I, I didn't buy it for a special occasion. My special occasion was that I've committed to buying a Nakaya because it took me like two years of research to do it. And it was very expensive, and I had to mentally commit to using that pen. And I do, and it's been the best pen I've ever purchased, without question, really. Uh, My favorite pen and the most meaningful pen because of the process that went into it and the reasons I bought it, just like you're buying something for a reward, you know, to celebrate a marriage or a child or a new job or an event of some kind like Mike says, you know, make sure it's going to have those memories that tie back to that event because you're going to be using it all the time and remembering those things, right? It's, it's all kind of tied in together. All right. Next question comes from even underscore supposing any recommendations for music paper preference is spiral bound, maybe uh, a four ish size and no more than 10 staves on a page. Otherwise it gets too small to read easily. Uh, it doesn't have to be a great paper asking for a regular person, not a pen addict. <laughs> I, I like that caveat at the end. So I threw this out there. I didn't have a perfect 
answer right off the bat because I'm not a musician and I don't really know the requirements other than the size of paper that he's talking about. So I threw it out there on Twitter and Karen replied with a brand called Pasatino. It says Pasatino is what I'm currently using. Number 74 is the one with 10 staves. So that sounds like a good fit. And then uh, Benny replied with the Clairefontaine 31014C. I know neither of these papers, but I know Clairefontaine makes good paper. And those were our recommendations from the Twitterverse, the musician followers uh, on Twitter. So hopefully that works for your friend, uh, your non pen for your regular person. I, that just cracks me up so much. <laughs> All right. So what's next? Uh, Capital Y1, York. My buddy, so I've been getting back into liquid ink pens, which are horrible on Tomoe River paper. Best compromise paper for fountain and rollerball. It's Rhodia to me. It's Rhodia and all the Japanese brands because I use the Schmidt refill all the time on those papers. It actually dries a little bit quicker on Life, Mormon, Kukuyo, Apica, all of those brands. And they're fantastic for rollerball. If you want them to dry a little bit faster, you look at Leuch Term and the paper we use at Knock. They are very similar where they're going to be good with most fountain pens, like the heaviest, inkiest fountain pens might bleed and feather a little bit, but most standard fountain pens are going to work and they're going to dry quicker. Um, but on like Life and Mormon and Rhodia, you'll get a little bit more shading with your fountain pens and still be able to use your roller balls, although they will take a little bit longer to dry than something like Leuch Term or Knock. So those are the ones, um, I'd be hesitant. I'd be remiss, Mike, if I didn't mention the panel book. You know we love that thing. Yep. So that's similar to Leuch Term and Knock as far as paper goes. So faster dry time, less shading and sheen, but, you know, that's always the trade-off. You know, if the if the ink is drying faster, it's going to show off less of its properties, but with a rollerball, it doesn't really matter. So it's really good. All right, last one. I'm a duck. So my friend Lindsay on Twitter, who has a wonderful blog called Ducks Doodles, says, I have a non-pen and ink one if there's still room for questions. If you could put together a three-band bill for a concert, which acts would you choose, live or dead? <laughs> this is the impossible question, right? At least for me. So I'm going to give this a shot. Are you, are you going to play this game too, Mike? Sure, why not? <laughs> so the issue is it's a three band bill so there's a hierarchy if you have a three band bill you have to have an opener a middle act and then the closing Oof. act so see why this is this is not an easy question even remotely an easy question for me except the closer the ending act is Joy Division. I never got to see Joy Division in person. And I'm also leaning to acts that I've never seen mm -hmm. in, in my three-band bill. Like, you know, I've seen PJ Harvey is probably the best concert I've ever been to, like 20-some-odd years ago. You know, I've seen the Wedding President concert. You know, they're one of my favorite bands ever. But my three-band bill contains acts I've never seen. So the opener would be Neutral Milk Hotel which is one of the greatest short-run bands to ever exist. Um, they released two full albums, and that was it. And they're more popular today, maybe, than they've ever been uh, when they were around in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I never got to see them play. My middle act would be the Magnetic Fields, 
because I have a man crush on Stephen Merritt. He's got the he's one of the best songwriters, singer songwriters around. I love his voice, I love his lyrics, and I've never seen the magnetic fields. Um, that's actually still a possibility because they are still around. And then Joy Division would close out the show. That's the no brainer for me. So that's that's my that's my uh, that's my bill for the Brad Dowdy uh, concert session. So what what do you have? All right, so I'm going for a same vein of bands I've never seen, but I'm taking it to another step, mm-hmm. because, and I'm making it bands I could never see, mm, right? So that's good. That's good. Because yours is like, this, this, that's an interesting lineup, but you could rectify some of those. Yes. Right? Yeah. Neutral Milk Hotel actually did a, well, the lead singer did like a return tour like two mm-hmm. years ago. I couldn't get to that either. So yeah. And I've also got a slightly peculiar selection here. So we're going to open. We're going to set the scene of the day. We're going to bring everyone in and, you know, get everyone having a good time with Frank Sinatra. Nice. I like that. See, that's great. I think that's fantastic. I love it. Because who's not going to have a good time, right? I would totally go to that concert. Right. We followed up by the Beatles Mm -hmm. because, come on, right? Right probably the greatest band of all time probably right right? Right. widely accepted as such Mm -hmm. and then you know it's like how do you follow maybe the greatest band of all time right it's because logically if you go on that then you would have beatles finish but beatles aren't Mm -hmm. a closer in that regard Mm -hmm. you want like Mm -hmm. a big explosive ending queen yes queen queen will close it queen will close that show right like yep Frank Sinatra, Beatles and Queen. What a what a great day out though. That would be amazing. I wonder if they <laughs> have all be been on the same bill. Probably not, right? I bet Queen and Beatles have been on the same bill. Maybe, but could you imagine the crush at like a concert with that level? Two bands of that level would be amazing. That's pretty cool. There must have been like at least a charity concert, like a live Maybe. Aid, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe? I could see that. Well, the Beatles we'll still to... around, but the Beatles would have been broken up by then, so maybe yeah. not. That stuff maybe didn't not. start happening until like the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. That's a great. Uh, That's a good question. See, I like that's question. a great question. I spent some time question. thinking about that one. Yeah, love it. Great job by you. All right, thanks for everything today, guys. It was uh, quite a show. Yeah, most definitely. And you can find our show notes today over at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 325. Thanks to Penn Chalet and Squarespace for their support of this episode. You can find Brad in a selection of places. Twitch.tv slash penaddict. You go to penaddict.com. He's at dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E in social places. And this show uh, is a part of the Relay FM network. You can find this show and many more at relay.fm slash shows. And uh, we'll be back next time. Until then. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>